All right, rise and shine, campers, and grab your booties because it's cold outside today. It's cold outside every day. What is this, Miami Beach? This is the Groundhog Day episode of Sunday Pour. What's going on? Hope you're doing all right. What's going on? Hope you're doing all right. What's going on? That joke's going to get a little quick. Let's get to Ant. How the fuck is it going, my man? And what are you drinking? Uh, I just came in from a busy day of shoveling and had a uh, Four Roses to warm up. You deserve it, man. That's the a- meteorologist wet dream out there tonight. Oh, it's Jesus. I mean, you went right, you went right to it. And you, <laughs> I, I had like, my wife called me out. I went on a tirade before on the weathermen and, and my wife called me out. I was like, why do you care so much? I'm like, they're, they just, they annoy me. They're out like, there's one guy was picking up snow and showing the camera. Like, like we don't know what fucking snow looks like. I yeah. Can't, I, I mean, can't deal yeah, with I mean, them. They're all the same. These guys. Oh, it's miserable. Guy had goggles on like big old ski goggles on. Like, what yeah. are we showing off, man? And then they went to like some lady who's not on the the weather team outside, you know, with just a, a snow hat on, no goggles, no mask on, just take just taking in the elements. But the guy, the weather guy, has got to put on a big fucking show, oh, big big old horse and pony, dog and pony show. Yeah, I didn't see any of that. But uh, what is the point of having someone stand outside in the snow? Like, unless you live in a cave like Bin Laden, all you have to do is look out your window. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll see what's going on. Yeah, I'm the scene. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what. And then they'll go over and they'll show, like, two cars. Like, yeah, there's two cars out there. And then that's it. That's it. I don't understand what the point is either. You're absolutely right. They, they go, they, they just they make a whole fucking ordeal out of it. Like, it's just, like it's the first snow we've ever seen. It's crazy. Yeah. February snows the worst too. It's the first of the fucking month. It's the worst. <laughs> there's just no end. In, there's no light at the end of the tunnel when it's you know February snow. No, it's over a foot, right? Maybe two feet. Oof, yeah. I mean, we're. I was out there a couple times today. It was yeah. It was. Uh, we got. I think we got over a foot. No snowblower. It's all handheld uh, shovel for you. Yeah, old school. Oof. Old school. Yeah. Okay. The first. Uh, the yeah. first round wasn't too bad. It was light. Second time going back out there, like around six six thirty, mm. it was a little heavier. It was a little more work the second time. <laughs> oh man, I just uh, yeah, I haven't been outside all day. That's like the one thing. Eventually, you're gonna be. I'm gonna be in a house, and uh, I, don't, I need to get a snowblower. I need. I don't need. I don't need a rider. I could deal with like the push one, but I don't. Uh, yeah. I shovel one. That's that sucks. Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, I don't really have to do a sidewalk, but my, my driveway is deceivingly big, so uh, it's more work than it looks like. It's wide. That sounds like a line you've used many a times. <laughs> it's deceiving. <laughs> you got to look at it from, like, an angle. <laughs> Maybe it's a little dark. Streetlights are dim. You had a couple drinks. It looks a lot Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Squint. <laughs> That's it. Oh. Uh, so yeah, the first of the month they hit us with this, but I mean it's Super Bowl week, so we got that. Yeah, we got that I, to look forward to. I haven't really seen too much football coverage uh, outside of like the Stafford stuff. Um, oh, Stafford. Yeah. Uh, let me can I say that just for a second? Yeah, they ruined the Super Bowl highlight marathon because they broke in with coverage on the Stafford trade. Coverage. They did like two hours of it on Saturday night. Oh wow! What was 
So I, I think I was watching. They broke in actually before. during Dolphins Vikings Super Bowl eight. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. And they didn't they didn't get back to it until like two hours later, and it was like in the middle of one. So now I have the DVR set, so now it's all. Oh, it sucks. It's a little left up, and uh, yeah, so they, and then they cut off some. Of, like I think Super Bowl, it went all the way to Saturday night. Like the last like three or four of them, they cut off because they went back to Stafford coverage, which I don't understand. Like, where you run into NFL Network to hear a bunch of talking heads talk about a trade? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. But you got to get uh, who's there? they have Sigiliano goes on there. You got, I mean, God, God forbid he misses Bill Plaschke. Remember him from around the oh home? yeah, no Plaschke. He, he went on there. Yeah, they're playing the same stupid clip that you know recorded clip he's been. Yeah, but, he yeah, was talking about yeah. over and over again. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense because the, the, the Super Bowl highlights marathon is just – it's a highlight of Super Bowl week. I don't know why they would interrupt it for Stafford talk. I but wouldn't it, be surprised, actually, if there's more people who were interested in the Stafford golf trade than Super Bowl highlights, though. The modern-day fan. Well, what do you need to know? Surprised. I mean, what do you need to know? Do you know, like, the, the picks, golf, and what else is there to know? You, you don't need to see the interviews and hear other people's opinions on it. You don't need that OPP. On the Matt Stafford trade. Yeah. I mean, a, a line I've used often in my office, uh, nothing that couldn't have waited until Monday yeah. to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. And, for, and real quick on that trade, I don't really want to talk, spend a lot of time on it because offseason bullshit. I really don't think the, it upgraded the Rams as much as people think. I mean, it's, it's better than golf. Anything's better than golf. It really gives it gives the Stafford, the people who love Stafford. I mean, he's thirty three, thirty four. He's going to be, I think, next season. So I mean, it's like it's kind of a short window, because the people yeah. who like defend Stafford, it's uh, it's their time to shine or die. And I mean, I don't. Golf just belongs in a place like Detroit. So it is. It is actually good. It is good from that perspective is we get to really see what Stafford is. He's no longer a lion. No more excuses, yeah. Yeah, this is a team that's playoff ready. They have Super Bowl hopes. They've been to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So it's like – With uh, golf, yeah. Yeah, so, it's, yeah, it's really it's put up or shut up. It's now or never. I could probably think of a couple more uh, cliches if you wanted, but that's, I'm going to leave you with those two. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think uh, – I think there are, people are overrating Stafford a little bit. He's a gamer, tough, tough bastard. He's played with all kinds of injuries. I just don't know if he's the guy who's going to put the – I, think I mean, like you said, anyone's an upgrade over Goff. We know that. I think people are just excited that he gets an opportunity to do it with the real team and not the fucking Detroit Lions who have been yeah. – have done everything they can to ruin every player that they've ever had from they really Barry, Barry to Megatron to Stafford, so – yeah, just good to uh, uh, yeah, it's just good to give him a real shot with a real team and let's see what he's got. You know, I think I think that's 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 going to go a long way. The fact that he is, it's going to recharge his batteries, give him you know kind of new life and stuff. So I think that that's going to go a long way. Um, whether I don't know how much people are actually overrating it, but I think it's just exciting to get a real quarterback in there for some people. I think they yeah. shot up to ten to one Super Bowl. Odds. Yeah, that's kind of just knee-jerk. People like, oh yeah, this is the hot team for next year. You know, people people want to see who's gonna who's gonna shock the world. So that that'll probably go up a little bit. I would assume by August. By opening. My day, first right? take is it's a disaster. Disaster. Yeah. 
Wow. I do not think Matt Stafford is taking you to the promised land. I'm sorry. But wait, wait a second. It's two different things. Disaster means like they go four and 12. Well, I mean, when you mortgage your whole future, isn't it Super Bowl or bust? He has to at least minimum go to a Super Bowl for that trade to work out. Oh, when you wait. make that trade, man, like that's what, that, that's what I thought you were going to have to get to give up for like Deshaun. Now, I don't know what the hell you give up for Deshaun. You give <laughs> two first rounders for Matt Stafford. They don't have a pick till 2024. I think they went all in on Matt Stafford. It's like, whoa, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Super Bowl or – I guess it is Super Bowl or bust. It has to be Super Bowl or bust. But I feel like, I feel like that, that's one of those teams right? – we we've talked about many times where it's all about kind of putting the right team together and the, the quarterback needs to be – the quarterback is an important piece, but they don't necessarily build around that quarterback. Rams are just a team that's that's built really well. And you, I mean, you said all season they might be the most well-rounded team outside of quarterback, outside of the QB. Yeah. So I, I feel like they, if I feel like if they can kind of keep the um, just keep the line moving, uh, production line moving on keeping the the personnel decent. They'll they'll have a shot, you know, whether it's whether it's Stafford or the next quarterback they bring in. But somehow, I mean, they they kind of mortgage their future with golf and put all that money into golf's contract. And they find a way out of it. So who's to say they won't figure out a way to the next quarterback? They'll they'll find a bridge. I think they, I think the Rams settled. Did a settled job with Stafford. They, they were so eager to get rid of golf. You know, you heard they checked in on Rodgers, right? Which is yeah, yep, yeah. yeah. And the Packers were like, nah, of course not. That's a pipe dream. And plus the division, even if Rodgers was available. Like, no, we're not trading them inside the division. Mm. But, I mean, I think they settled. I think they just – they could not get, wait to get rid of Goff. Yeah. And, by the way, McVay was probably the last person, you know, the last person who had to be told that Goff stunk because I think he stuck with Goff maybe a season t- too long, you know. Went to a Super Bowl with him. But, you know, I think, I think most, like, NFL fans watching the Rams knew Goff wasn't the guy. I, I mean, they went to Super Bowl, and I was shocked when they gave him that contract. Shocked for Super Bowl. Yeah, Bowl. I know. Yeah, so that, I know. that's never good. But I mean, they gave that to him after the Super Bowl. Pretty. Yeah, I'm almost positive it was after Super Bowl. <sighs> Don't quote me. You think McVeigh? McVeigh signed off on that. He scored three points in the Super Bowl. I always thought I always always tied him to McVeigh. I always thought he was his boy. Well, I know they had the text message thing, right? What did Goff call his girlfriend hot or his fiance hot? He said he would pipe his girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's the. Re- I don't think. I don't think. I don't read anything into that though. I think it was strictly on the field. No, nah, we had a little fun with that before, yeah. but when it happened. But I mean, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's not. And Goff's play speaks for itself. We don't need to. It wasn't like he. It wasn't like he was throwing four touchdowns a game and. Not talking. No, about. I think he could have got past that. You know, if Aaron yeah. Rodgers said that, I think you know you get past that. He might have given off. Yeah. Not quite. Mm-mm. No, no. But, um, yeah, Rogers, See, that's just my knee. That's just my knee jerk. Rogers, Rogers isn't going anywhere. We know that. No, that's, come on. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, I don't blame the Rams for checking in. I just feel yeah. like they were so eager to get rid of Goff that they kind of settled. They should have played the market a little bit. And who, do you think they checked in on Deshaun at least? I mean, I, I would hope you know, so. The guy's begging to get out of there. I would hope they checked in on him. Right. Maybe they, the Texans made it known that the market was uh, too high. Or, man, I don't know. Maybe McVay has a hard on for Stafford. I have no idea. Oh, so was it Dan Orlovsky who, who suggested it was Danny Jones, Saquon, and like three first round picks? 
for get, Stafford? No, no, for oh for, for Watson uh, for Deshaun. Yeah, I think now was that is it three first rounders and those two guys? I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be steep. I think it's gonna be real steep. Yeah, that's like that. That just that does seem very steep. I I I, I love Deshaun, and I would love. I mean, who wouldn't love that? Have the guy on their team, and you know me, I'm not a Jones guy. Yeah, but they add, that package, you know, you throw Saquon plus the first rounders, it just seems very steep. And on top of that, like that, that's it. That's saying, well, first of all, you don't need a you know a marquee running back, but that's your guy, and you feel like you want to win something with him to kind of, just because you've kind of grown to like the guy, right? Um, yeah, he can't be sentimental though. You check no, I know, through I the know. door. So th- then you're saying, okay, well, Wayne Gallman, we trust Wayne Gallman going forward, which is fine. He had a nice season last year. And you don't need to build around, you know, a running back uh, t- to make a Super Bowl champion out of, you know, out of, out of a team. So, no. um, so then you're, you're, you're tying up to Wayne Gallman. But then, you know, you still have – you still have to kind of shore up the offensive line. The offensive line had its moments, but it still needs to be perfected. You still – and you need to do that through the draft. And you still – and you still need, you know, some help on defense with uh, – you need a pass rusher. And you still need some weapons for Deshaun to throw to. You don't have that. Um, you know, you need to upgrade your wide receiving core. So – No, if I was Deshaun, I would not want to go there. No, no. And, and on top of that, the Giants aren't, aren't really known as a team that wins with big-time quarterbacks. I mean, Phil Simms was fine, and, I mean, they – his backup won a Super Bowl. Um, and Eli, we all know Eli and what he is. These Future Hall of Famer. These aren't big-time quarterbacks, though, Hall of Famer or not. These aren't Dan Marino. These aren't Joe Montana. These, these are guys who can who have kind of the toughness and tenacity that New York needs and that you need to play in the Meadowlands uh, half your season. And I, I just don't think – outside of Deshaun's legs – which, you know, at some point he's not going to be able to rely on him as much. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm just not sure he's the right guy for, like, a New York Giants team, as much as I love him. I don't know if that's the guy to kind of build your team around. All right, so you talked yourself out of Deshaun. Uh, I mean, if they trade from tomorrow, it'd be all in. But yeah, I just it, – it, it's a steep package, and I'm not ready to – I'm not ready to say we need it. We need this number one quarterback because the Giants never won with a number one quarterback. They never, they never needed a Brady to win Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean it helps. Helps yeah. more than it hurts. Yeah, no, for sure. I just, I'm just looking at the, the classic Giants blueprint. All right, all right, I got you. Yeah, I don't. Apparently, he wants to go to the Jets, which I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing that, even though that's the report. Is is it a coach situation? Does he like uh, the offensive coordinator that uh, Saylor brought with him? He likes not. He likes the head coach. I think so. Oh, okay. Robert, whatever yeah. his name is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You've wasted what? How many years? Five years in Houston now. And the whole reason you want out is because they're a disaster of an organization who doesn't put their players in the best <laughs> position to win. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I want to go to the Jets. I mean, they're not winning next year, so that's another year. You know, check off. If I'm Deshaun and I have my pick of the litter, man, I'm going to a team where, you know, Super Bowl expectations right out of the gate. What the hell? Unless he likes to coach that much. I can't get into his head. I don't know. Miami would be a good spot. Even the 49ers would be a good spot for him. Yeah. 
Pittsburgh, is it Saints. Pittsburgh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. geez. There's man. a lot of teams. I mean, there's a mil- I can make a case for at least 20 teams probably. Yeah. There's only a few teams that really would have no use for them, like, you know, Green Bay and uh, Seattle, KC. Like, teams like that obviously are set, but you can make a case for all these teams. It comes mm-hmm. to who has the best, you know, draft capital and, you know, younger players. They, apparently they want some guys on defense. Maybe we'll end up in maybe will end up in Minnesota if they if Minnesota trades uh, Cousins to to San Francisco. Is that the rumor, Cousins to San Fran? Yeah, I guess the Niners looking into it. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Cut. What's the Kirk Cousins appeal? Kirk Cousins experiment is over. Crashed and burned, man. Yeah, hit imagine. an iceberg and fucking sank. I mean, ago. I would if I was Minnesota, I would just take whatever deal the, that they offered you. Like, yeah. Uh, I would play a little bit hard to get. He'd be like, oh, I don't know. That's our quarterback. And we're like, eh, we'll throw on a fifth round pick too. Okay, deal. Let's go. Yeah. Get it done. Yeah, right. Just right, be right. ready to pull the trigger. Yeah, get him out. Act like you play hardball and then just take anything. Who's Minnesota? I should know. Who's Minnesota's backup? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not great with backup quarterbacks. Sorry. Yeah, no, it used to be Joe Webb like 10 years ago. <laughs> See, you, you know, you know your history at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you know. Uh, That's all I got for the Vikings. Backup QB. Sean Sean Manian. Manian? Sean Manian. Isn't he a lefty for the A's? Oregon State. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Sean Manian, Oregon State. Jeez, they don't even have a good backup. Vikings. Man, when does Justin Jefferson request a uh, trade? Is that his name, Justin Jefferson? Yeah, that's the receiver, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe, maybe they're trying to free up – maybe they're trying to free up uh, so Deshaun can go and play for him. Deshaun in Minnesota would just be weird. That would be a strange look. I cannot yeah, picture him. I can't picture him in purple. No, nah, he's, he's not a purple people either. That's not him. Not Deshaun. Please. I have no idea where he's going, but – I don't know. It sounds like it's not going to be Houston. And he's played his whole career down south, even college and everything. I, I don't know. I don't see him as a northeast guy either. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Seems like a I southern. Agree. I agree. With, I agree. Yeah, well, not good good weather. Quarterback. I don't know. I don't know. I can't even picture him playing in a snow game. I mean, I'm sure he has, but I can't picture any game that I've seen where he's played in the snow. No. No. Show him the Doppler from uh today man you don't want anything to do with the northeast stay down south it's nice to deal with a little bit of rain maybe a hurricane here and there and that's it absolutely yeah wow. uh so do you know when the first groundhog day was ever mm. it was february 2nd <laughs> it's a hint. let's see i'm gonna oh boy is it, did it originate in Punxsutawney? Was that the first I believe one? so. Uh, okay, I'm going to say 1923. 1887. Wow. Yeah, so this wow. will be the, let's see, 100 plus 34. Is that right? 134? 135th? Okay. What is it? If he sees a shadow. Oh. Uh. It's six weeks, six more six weeks. More weeks, yeah. I'm gonna have to call bullshit. I don't think he's. I don't think he can come out 
tomorrow and call for an early, an early spring. <laughs> I don't think so. I've never actually seen the spec uh, the spectacle. It's just something you hear about. Like when you were growing up, you'd be like, "Oh, the groundhog saw a shadow," or he didn't see a shadow. Like I never really watched it. You, have you? On TV? Yeah. Or like yeah, uh, or even I, like a replay or anything. I don't think I've ever seen it. Um, besides the movie, of all I saw it a couple of years ago. There's a like everybody has their own groundhog now, and a groundhog bit Bill De Blasio. Ah, oh, come on. Yeah, I didn't That's see. Corny. It. I don't know if I even saw it, but yeah, don't 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 go get on a groundhog. There's only one groundhog. There's only Bucks Tony Phil. Yeah, don't ruin a good thing. Don't have it jump the shark. You know what I mean? Trying to copy it and shit. Let them have their thing in uh, in Bucks Tony. I wonder if they uh, actually did eat the groundhog <laughs> as one of in one of Bill Murray's. Uh, on air speeches. It talks about eating it. Yeah, is groundhog a delicacy? You're, he goes, uh, it says something like, you're, you're a bunch of hypocrites. All he is. We used to take him out of his box. We used to eat it. Something like that. <laughs> well, as he said, they're Hicks, Rita. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I've seen a little groundhog, groundhog recipes. How do you eat it? You fry it? Do you uh, saute it in a little oil, garlic? I got probably not. Bucks of I, got bra- I got braised, probably. braised groundhog, groundhog stew. Ah, yeah, I should have known. <laughs> groundhog delicacy. Let's uh, see what we got. I mean, if you well, that meat doesn't look too bad. This looks a little. Looks like it's gonna be gamey. I mean, yeah. What are you gonna do? I mean, think about all the other animals. You eat. I guess it's not that crazy, right? It's like a rabbit. It's, uh, not, it's not like a burger. It's not like a cow. So it's not like eating a burger, but it's a little different. Yeah, it's like it's like too much like a squirrel, though. I don't know. It's not a squirrel, but you know what I mean. I don't. I don't like. It won't be my first choice. It's just probably uh, probably not bad. Mm. Do people have groundhogs as pets? I don't know. They have um, not not gerbils. They have uh, hamsters. <laughs> hamsters. What now? What? Well, there's bigger ones though. For beaver. Animals. No, you can't have a pet beaver. I don't think I'll gnaw your face off in your sleep. You cage them up. Uh, guinea pigs. I was never a guinea pig guy. I never, I never had any of those animals. It was dog or goldfish. That was about it. Well, the line. I don't like guinea, guinea pigs. It's a racist name. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's a good point, too. Can't have that. Sets nah. a bad precedent. Yeah. I don't like anything you got to keep in, like, a cage and it shits all over the place. It's like, what are you, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I had, I, had, I had birds before, like parakeets. Oh, no, nah, I wouldn't want a bird. Those are pretty Birds dirty. Birds weird. They're pretty dirty and loud. Yeah, I would never want like a parrot. Not I a parrot. never, un- when I went over someone's house and they had a parrot, I'm like, God, oh, what is this now? This is going to be a thing now all day when I'm here. <laughs> I just want to watch the game. I got this thing chirping, <laughs> you know? Ugh. I mean, I guess it's fun. Like, you get fucked up. Maybe you try and teach it curse words. Make a positive yeah. out of the situation, but. 
it's not, I don't, I don't get excited if I see a parrot. So you wouldn't go exotic at all? Just I'm dog. a purist. Dog or, yeah. I would do a gold, I mean, even, I wouldn't get a goldfish, but, you know, goldfish are cool, I guess. Yeah, At least they're in their habitat, you know, they can swim around and shit. I wouldn't mind. I, I would have a gigantic tank. I do like to fish. Yeah, it's, it's a cool, it's a nice conversation piece. You have a tank in your house. What do you want to talk? Just, just watch them swim. It's cool. You talk we'll tie it. the room together, you know? I don't need, I don't need to talk to anybody about it. <laughs> but if you want to chat about the fish, it's fine. No, nah, as soon as people come over, they're going to tap on the glass and shit. Oh, no, don't, don't disturb the fish. Don't tap on the glass. Please don't tap the glass. Yeah, a little tap. Yeah, a little tap. <laughs> a little tap, tap, taparoo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you wouldn't uh, if you if you were if you were um, a drug kingpin, would you get a tiger? Uh, I don't know. Man. If I lived in Texas, I would have to get a tiger. That's where they all are. Just in Texas, there's more tigers as pets in Texas than there are in the rest of the world. Jesus. All right. Well, if you're passing that off, I heard it in a Joe Rogan stand-up special, so I'm passing it off. If you were a drug kingpin, would you get hippos? Hmm. I don't know what I would get if I was a drug kingpin. Pablo Escobar brought hippos to Colombia, and now they are taking over Colombia. I think I got killed. Oh yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It is. He just he brought a couple of his pets, and then they just kept fucking and reproducing and now there's more hippos in Columbia than they, than they can figure out what to do with <laughs> because Pablo Escobar wanted a pet <laughs> fucking lunatic if I was a drug kingpin what I would get is I would get the hot tub like right in my bedroom like Tony Montana had watch oh, yeah. TV in it oh, that, would, that would be number one hot tub and then I mean you'd have like the sports haven set up for TVs I mean oh yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember how he hit, I feel like he only had one screen in his hot tub room. I know he had multiple screens in the office there. Or did he have multiple yeah, screens? Yeah, for all the cameras. The, did he have multiple <laughs> screens in the – yeah. Did he have multiple screens in the hot tub room? I don't, I don't think so. I think he's had the main television. Oh, yeah. See, that's – yeah. He had one remote. For, yeah. I want, yeah, I want like the Buffalo Wild Wings set up basically. Well, it was the 80s, so. True. Yeah, there's no no NFL package. Speaking of yeah, speaking of drug kingpins, did have you ever seen New Jack City? No, that's Wesley I watched Snipes that today. Yeah, Wesley Snipes, Mario Van Peebles directed it. Nice. Who also in it? It was okay. Ice T was like the cop. Okay, all right. He basically made a living of playing a cop. Is that 1992 or something like that? 1991. 91. Yeah, there's a few names in it. Oh, uh, Brandon Falone's in it. Wow, he's like the right. the Italian, well, the Italian guy. Yep. Uh, who else was in it? That was basically it. It was I was all right, not bad. And Wesley Snipes was a kingpin. Was a drug? Was a drug? Kingpin? Yeah, he's like he watches Scarface throughout the movie like a few times. Oh, okay. It's like oh, I see, I see what he's doing here. Is... That's great. Yeah, was... So he's watching Scarface. This is a 1991 movie, and the guy. Yeah. And Scarface came out, well, 1983. It's only a few years after. Yeah, it still seems pretty recent to be out having Scarface in the movie as like a talking point. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, uh, it just showed you right away. It was like one of those like pop culture phenomenons. Scarface yeah. left an yeah. impact. 
Oh, Bar Talk Movies, before I forget. Set your, yeah. set your DVR, I think it's this Saturday morning, like early. Atlantic, mm-hmm. Atlantic City is on TCM. Atlantic City. I think we've talked about it before. Burt Lancaster and uh, what's her name? Um, Susan, Susan Sarandon? No. This, Susan Sarandon? Do you like Susan Sarandon? Uh, yeah, and this is like 1980-something. Oh, perfect. 1981? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 4 a.m., yeah. Let's see. All right, record. I'm not sure how much other people will like this. I love this movie. Uh, DVR set. Uh, takes, a little, takes a little bit to get started with, but uh, yeah, I like that. And plus, it's all old AC stuff, so like you're walking around, you're always looking for shit. It's great. Yeah, and the boardwalk. Yeah. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Good stuff. Oh, you know what other movie I watched today was uh, just because I was home all day. I was just shoveling and I watched a couple movies. Mm-hmm. You ever see Meatballs? Yeah, of course. Speaking of Bill Murray, yeah. Never saw it. Oh, yeah. Meatballs is great. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to do a little uh, – I was taking a, a little peek at Harold Ramis's filmography. Did he direct Meatballs? No, it was uh, uh, he wrote it though. He was one of the writers, uh, at least. It was only it was only a second credit writing. Uh, his first was Animal House. Oh wow! And this was number two. It was just standard, uh, you know, camp movie. Had all the cliches in there. Yeah, Murray what, uh, carries it. Yeah, Bill Murray's amazing in it. Yeah, there's a song. There's a song in it. I cannot remember the song, but I used to know all the words to it. <laughs> Some camp song. Yeah, it's the camp song. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can't even remember. I watched it today. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they, um, you probably saw it spoofed. Before, didn't even realize it was being spoofed. It was being spoofed because there's what, a scene, uh, there's a scene in Family Guy that they take from Meatballs. The guy is in the middle of the lake. It, oh, yeah, some yeah, guys yeah. bed to the middle of the lake. Yeah, they spoofed. That's that. how they end it. Yeah. They spoof that in. It might even sing the song in Family Guy. Yeah, no, I cannot. I cannot picture. I cannot hear the song in my head, even though I heard it today. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was going through Harold Ramis's resume, and I always knew he was involved with a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. But just a Harold Ramis. Let's just say national treasure, comedic genius, Harold Ramis. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, Caddyshack, that's his directing debut. Mm-hmm. And he goes Vacation. Uh, I never saw Club Paradise. That was his third movie. But then, you know, Groundhog Day, he did the Analyze This movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, awesome. And then, you know, he always popped up in, in these movies, too. Obviously, Ghostbusters is probably what he's most known for, at least acting-wise. Yep, yep. But, like, even, like, later on in his career, he was uh, – the father in uh, Knocked Up, Seth Rogen's father. Sure. A little small part there. Uh, yeah, Harold Ramis. Just, he was a crusher, man. Awesome. Uh, yeah, to me, like when, he, when I was a kid, Egon wasn't the cool Ghostbuster. It was always Peter Vankman, right? So he's right. kind of, oh, he, of course. He, he was overlooked as a kid because he was Egon. But, like watching Ghostbusters as an adult, he is fucking hysterical in that movie. Yes, and, and then you appreciate everything else you just mentioned. You know the, the writing credits and the directing credits, 
uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. He he uh, died a few years ago, but you just you, you see him in, in these movies. He's in Groundhog Day. Um, he's like the the psychiatrist in Groundhog Day. Yeah, and it just uh, yeah, it makes you chuckle when you see him. I don't know. I'm, I was never a big Stripes fan, but he's in. I think he's wrote Stripes also, and I love Stripes. Yeah. Stripes, yeah, he uh, he didn't direct it. He was a writer on it, I think. Yeah, a lot of writing credits. Yeah, and he, he's one of those guys I think that that got started in Chicago. I guess was he like a second? He was a part of that time? crew with yeah. uh, you know Murray and like maybe Chevy Chase, like the SNL kind of crew. All those guys, yeah. Belushi. He was featured a little bit in the Belushi uh, documentary on Showtime. Yeah, they all they all got their start like around the same time. Yeah, Ramus deserves probably a, like a mini documentary. I don't know if he could do like a Belushi style one, but like that big. Where the guy no, I mean, no, probably not. But Belushi's was two hours. He probably could have done like 10 hours on Belushi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can give him like a nice little hour, I think, Ramus. Yeah, I agree. He's, uh, yeah, he's good. See, this is, is Groundhog Day. Well, I guess Caddyshack would have to be his best movie. I'm going to say it's Groundhog Day's best work. Groundhog Day is, is to me, is uh, – it's a, it's a classic. Like, I, we, we throw the word around a lot, but I feel like Groundhog Day is one of the better movies of the 90s. And I think we might have Ramis to thank for that because I think him and – you know, him and Murray had a falling out after this movie. Was it, that, was it right after Groundhog Day? Yeah, I, I yeah. guess before he died, they, they kind of patched things up when he was sick. But um, I guess Murray wanted to – there was a whole other st- – not storyline, but maybe extra scenes that kind of explained what was going on, why, the, uh, why he ended up in this loop. And oh, Ramus but- was against it. He wanted to keep it just uh, like a strict comedy and just keep it kind of unknown. Yeah. And I think that's why – the movie kind of lives on and is still talked about today is because the mystery surrounding it. I mean, have you, have you ever heard like some of these wild uh, like explanations for like what's actually going on? No, I have no, I have no idea. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I never even, to be honest with you, I never even really gave it a thought. Maybe one of, maybe when I first saw it, but I mean, I've seen this movie, I didn't even watch it like leading up to the show. I, I always thought, I mean, I always thought about it. Like, I, I always assumed, to me, it was, uh, like, the, the re- I don't know about the reason necessarily he gets in the loop in the first place. I guess maybe because you could say he's just a prick and he treats people like shit. And then, like, finally he gets, you know, Andy McDowell to fall in love with him. He falls in love with her. He starts, you know, treating people better and it kind of lifts. Um, but here, I'll give you just a couple. Uh, this there's one that they believe it's a rebirth. Some folks believe the film is based on the Buddhist idea of rebirth, that people are reborn time and time again. Okay. Another another theory is the groundhog is Jesus, oh. uh, also a symbol of hope and rebirth. Groundhog Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Wow. This one's this one's interesting. Many people believe that uh, it's a uh, it's purgatory. Okay, stuck between heaven and hell, and he's got to kind of 
show some redeeming qualities maybe to get upstairs with the big guy. Okay. Maybe, maybe they die on the, on the uh, way back to Pittsburgh. That's not in the theory. I'm kind of just throwing that in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to because yeah, I'm trying to think. It was the bed in the room, though. I don't know. Yeah, now you're you're saying I'm just saying you're wrong because <laughs> they went back. Uh, also, uh, another theory: boredom. Some have compared the monotony of Phil's days to the endless uniformity of military members stationed overseas. Military? How's that to do with the military members? Oh, just because they get caught like in the same routine, you know what I mean? Like every day, up at six o'clock, training seven. No, working in an office too, basically. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just life. I guess. I mean, everybody. Life. Everybody said all oh, last year, like the first two months of quarantine, it was like it was like fucking Groundhog Day, as everybody's go to line. Right, I think that's part of why the movie lives on because you have you know lines like that. Anything, any kind of deja vu. It's like ah, Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not buying any of it. Nothing. You just think it's a, it's a comedy. Uh, no, it's, I don't know. I I don't know why he got stuck in it, and I don't care why he got stuck in it. Like the it's to the the movie's about his um his redemption, like redeeming himself and trying to find out the right formula. Like at first, it was. Like what am I like? What the fuck is going on? It was, this is ridiculous. Like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then it was like this is amazing. I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. Yep. That's what Nancy Taylor comes into it. Sure. And then it was like complete. Then it gets. I mean, this movie gets dark at some point. Where there's like a montage of him killing himself. Yeah. It and it gets real dark. And then it's like, okay, well, I have to be a better person. Like I, I, I can just, I'm, I'm wasting my time. I have all this time. I'm wasting my time. What do I, what, what could I do? And he starts spending time with like the older guy and try, starts trying to save him. And that's like a big lesson for him. I was like, look, this, that's just, you know, that's just how it is. Like he, he tries everything he can to save him, but that's just his day to die. And after that is when he kind of starts giving back and becoming a better person saying it's really not about, you know, what I get out of life. It's what you can give it to life that, that, um, that makes it so that makes life a rich experience. And that's, that's why at the end it's like, you know, him and Andy McDowell had like a, had a nice date at some point and she went back to his room, but it wasn't quite it. No, right? like he, he, she liked him. She was into him and they went back to his room but she fell asleep, and that was it. Like she was gone the next day. But he wasn't—he wasn't the person he needed to be to uh, to kind of move on with his life at that point. He was almost there. He was in the red zone, but he wasn't quite there. It's the journey. It's the journey. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, Is there anything you would have done differently if you were in Phil's position? Like. Like, all the stuff he did, I could see myself doing. Like, what would you do if you were living the same day over and over again? Zero consequences. Like, picking, using your powers to pick up women, check. That's definitely, you know what I mean? <laughs> Make yourself be the hero, check. He does that, you know, saving people's lives, catching the kid out of the tree. Uh, learning, like, different skills. you got all the time in the world. You may as well learn how to play piano. Like, I can see doing that. Mm. Uh, just trying to impress people by being a psychic. <laughs> I was... I always thought about that, the piano lesson thing. 
Like, yeah. did, he, did he just keep going back and going back and going back to her? And like, like, how do you get better if you're always going in there under the notion as your first lesson? I mean, I'm sure he figured it out, but. Yeah, I think he just goes in there. That, hey, this is what I know. Yeah, I guess. Let's yeah. pick up where I left, where we left off. Like, this is, this is what I know. Get me to the next step. Yeah. Take me to the next level. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you could, I could only re. I can only sit and repeat the uh, answers to that night's Jeopardy over and over again so many times. But that's right. It's I, another that's, thing. Like I would definitely do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd, <laughs> it's probably one of the first things I did. I would do just as I got used to what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Um, definitely with Jeopardy for sure. Break the law. You definitely break the law. I mean, he does that. Yeah. I, I mean, the only like. I don't know. I don't really don't I'm trying know. Trying to think of something else that that he missed. He he kind of checked all the boxes in my mind. There's almost nothing that is like what's the what was the word like it's not like nothing's lasting. Like I feel like like I want to I want to bet on a game, but I mean you don't get you don't have to reap the benefits from it. Right, kind of like Back to the Future with the almanac. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you you make the same bet every day, hoping that you know. One of these days, <laughs> just, you're going to wake up with like 10 Gs or however much on the, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. That's true. Whatever just, go down a, just go down and play the same numbers. Yeah, just in case. Or find a horse track or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's the middle of February, so. You could be. Find an OTB, you know, you, something. You could still become a better person and win a couple of bets along the way. Yeah, I mean, come on. It wasn't, you know, nothing wrong with that. It's, it's all legal. You can go to an OTB. Ice sculpting. I don't think I would do that. I would do some of the chainsaw, though, but I don't think it would be ice sculpting. No, nah, I'm not an ice sculptor. I just don't. Uh, the, the multiple suicide things kind of are crazy because then eventually you, you, know, you move on to February 3rd and you have to live with the fact that you killed yourself a dozen times. And the horror of, you know, jumping off a building and jumping in front of a truck. <laughs> like, yeah, I did all those fucking things, man. That's really, those are not good memories. I lived the full life, you know, I guess. richer for the experience. Do you have in front of you how many people have estimated how long he was stuck in the loop? Oh, I know. I've heard like 10 years, right? 10 years. That's a long time. 10 years. We don't age a day. I mean, if you were stuck there 10 years, you'd kill yourself in a few days. You'd kill yourself. Just to get through, just to end the day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done with today. I don't even want to go to work. All right. I got to go see this fucking groundhog again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I just don't feel like doing anything. You know, you bring the toaster up to your bed and that's it. He that's was a bathtub. Not for nothing. I would have, the first thing I would probably would have done is leave Punxsutawney like that morning. Like I'm just getting in the car and leaving that morning. Yeah, I have, I have actually thought about that. Like, why didn't he just take off one day? Right, because the roads don't close until after the newscast. But if you just get up at 7 o'clock, like, and your alarm gets off and get in a car and go. Hop on an airplane. Yeah, just anything. Well, airplanes might be tough if there's uh, bad weather. Snow. Yeah. How about pulling all-nighter? He, he did that, and then it just – the, the night that Rita stays over, he stays up all night. And yeah, then true. Just, yeah. 
What else? I, yeah. I, I would have spent I, I definitely would have spent more days in that bowling alley than he did. Well, you never know. He might have. Yeah, sure. If he, if he was stuck as long as – let me get the exact uh, – how many days is Groundhog? This one says eight – I don't know why, how you would know it. Eight years, eight months, and 16 days. Okay. And then there's one – I don't know. What, what, I'm on Google, so who the hell knows? Some say 10,000 years. 10,000 years. Oh, but oh, here we go. So this is actually confirmation from Ramus, I guess. Uh, I don't know what my source is here, but it says, but Ramus told me in an interview that he and Ruben decided that the character was stuck for about 10 years. So there you go. All right. Right from the yeah. horse's mouth. You got to take that yeah. for what it is. 10 that, years. That would drive you a little nuts. <sighs> Ten, that's a decade. <laughs> that, is, that is tough. You'd be killing yourself more than a few days. And it's, Feb- and it's February 2nd. I know. <laughs> it's not even it's tough. It's not even like a good day. Yeah, it's not like a nice uh, crisp autumn day, spring day. You're, you're living in a fucking blizzard every day. <laughs> you're stuck in February for 10 years. You thought it was bad with COVID. <laughs> Have you ever seen any movies like this? Like where there's like a time loop? Like, uh, similar to living the same day. Yeah. There's, uh, a, there's something on, um, Netflix, right? What was it? Um, Russian doll. And it's with, uh, Natasha Leone from, she's in the American Pie movies. I never, I never finished watching it, but it was similar. Oh, okay. Mm. The only thing I could think of is, like, you ever see Memento? Yeah, yeah. That's He just keeps forgetting. So it's like his own personal time loop, right? It's kind of like he's living the same day, but he's yeah. not. Uh, I don't know. Time loop. Yeah. It's pretty nah. unique. I know, and there's another movie that came out this year. Or last year with, um, what's his name? Andy Samberg, maybe? But yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about it, though. But I don't, yeah, I think it was even like billed as like a new take on Groundhog Day. Like, I don't really like, I don't really like that. Ah, uh, don't recreate the wheel, man. Groundhog Day stands alone in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a charm to it. You know, it's just, uh, you can't recreate it. You just can't do it. There you go. On November 9th in Palm Springs, Niles wakes up next to his girlfriend, Misty, on the wedding day of Tala and Abe. At the reception, delivers an impromptu speech, must say relief of Tala's sister, Sarah, the drunk and unprepared maid of honor. Niles and Sarah bond, and after discovering Misty cheating on Niles, this is crazy. They're about to have sex in the desert when Niles is abruptly shot in the shoulder with an arrow by a mysterious man. They crawls to a cave. Something happens. You get sucked into a vortex. Uh, it does be a lot easier. It does be a lot simpler to read, but uh, <laughs> there you go. After many loops, Niles and Sarah camp out in the desert and take magic mushrooms. So there you go. Oh, it has a happy ending. Is that Andy Samberg? Niles? I assume it- Niles is, yeah. 
I got a question. Is Rita worth all the trouble? She seems like a tough nut to crack, man. Uh, yeah, so I love Annie McDowell. It's great. Yeah, she's I love Annie McDowell, yeah. but Rita. Oof. Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to pretend I know French for. And she she'll call you on that bullshit anyway. She knows. I mean, and you're gonna she stick is. with the you're gonna stick with the Jim Beam on ice too. You're not gonna order the twist. No, uh, sweet vermouth rocks with a twist. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. She's definitely worth all the trouble. You know why? She makes she makes she makes Phil a better better person. Makes him a better man. Takes her ten years, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, with Rita, though, I mean, well, one, how, one, you know, one step forward, 12, step back, 12 steps back. Just, I mean, that's he's stuck oof. in a time loop. Uh, what do you want from the guy? It's not 12 steps. It's not her fault. He's got to take 12 steps back. It's uh, just the situation. Well, so yeah, let's say there is no. I don't, think she's that, I don't think she's as particular as you're saying she is. I don't know. The guy says one wrong thing, and he says he ruins it, man. He's got these guys taking notes like he's studying for a final exam. Yeah, but that's like creepy though. That whole thing is creepy. That he keeps taking the yeah when he's going uh, no white chocolate, no fudge. Like that's creepy. <laughs> that's really creepy shit that he's doing there. Where yeah, he's... but you would do the same thing if you're trying. You know, what I mean, if you're in his position, I didn't say I wouldn't. I'm just saying it's creepy, and you get to watch it on screen. You're like, that's really. You know, in, in theory, it sounds like a great idea, but in practice, it just looks really weird. It's it's like a it's like Google. He's like Google. How Google reads your mind. Google knows exactly I, your, I, your iPhone. That's what he is. I guess, but if like if you're like a if you're a stalker, and you find out as much as you want about somebody, be like, all right, if I have all these, if I, if I pretend to have all these qualities, she'll love me. And then like you go in, you know, reciting French poetry and. Yeah, I don't like fudge either, and I always like to drink the world peace. And you're always like one step ahead of her mind. Uh, that's you know, that's really uh, that's serial killer esque right there. I mean, what's he gonna do for an encore on February third, man? He's gonna be screwed. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a playbook for February third. He he's got to tell her, right? Oh, he already did tell her, I guess, right? Because. No, he did, but I mean that was before this particular day. It depends how much she, how much she knows that last. I don't remember. I'm trying to think the last day where it finally carries over. Does he explain to her about? No, no, he doesn't. No, he he doesn't. On that on his last day in the loop, he does not explain to her. His last day is very busy, and he does not explain to her what's going on. And that's what finally broke the loop. He was finally being real. He wasn't quoting French poetry. He was being real. He was he was being he was being a he was being a nice guy and generally a nice guy to everybody, including Ned the Head Ryerson, who uh, I mean, Ned I'm, the Head. Yeah, I'm not sure he really deserved it, but I mean, he um, also in Memento, by the way. <laughs> the guy's uh, he's a uh, prolific and well-rounded actor. Oh yeah, Stu Beggs in Californication. Yeah, I remember yeah. him like later on. He's in a lot of shows. more so. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a journeyman, journeyman <laughs> actor. Um, squeezes the most out of his ability. But it's not about what he can get out of it, though. At that point, he kind of gave up. He just wanted to be the best person to the people that were in his life, and that's the the ladies from the whatever the Garden Club, and that's the 
his brother, his brother, the mayor, you know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I was just trying to make, he, his impact had more to do with his actions than, I don't know, his like snarky weather. And there you go. Weather got weather guys. It's not a, it's not a movie about a nice weather person. He's a prick. No. He's a prick. And that's just, don't, don't read too far into it. It's just obvious that most weather people are pricks and, they Harold Ramis knew this and wrote a movie about it, and he had to rehabilitate a weather person. And bottom line is, uh, a weatherman on average takes about ten years to descent. You know, the de- uh, whatever you want to call it, de-douchify, human, human, humanize them, and actually uh, go out there and not have an agenda. Now you need to put you would need to put him in a straitjacket and put him in uh, Buffalo Bill's basement. I think that's the only way to try and get any kind of human. Even down there, he's been like, it's a little damp down here. The touch of precipitation on the walls. Yeah, a little moisture. Yeah. Cold front coming in from the basement. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Fucking Andy man. McDowell. <laughs> is, this her, is this her biggest uh, role to that point in her career? Uh, probably. Like, I always associate this movie with her. I mean – she she was in St. Elmo's Fire in the 80s. I was like yep. one of her first uh movies. Yep, yep. Other than that, I'm trying to think. Like she I'm sure she was in some rom-coms or something. I think she was in a Dennis Quaid movie, maybe. She, I think this is she was in some movie with Andy Garcia. Oh, um, that makes sense. Andy Garcia. I'm sure she falls for him quicker. It doesn't take Andy Garcia 10 years, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I forget what that movie was. He was uh shit. Is he an alcoholic? No, that was uh when a man loves a woman and that was Meg Ryan. <laughs> Who was the guy? Andy Garcia. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Half half credit, partial credit. <laughs> uh that's a that's a tough movie to watch, man. I never saw it. Oof. I mean, yeah. I mean, Meg Ryan just she just sloshed the entire movie, and she does everything. Oh, she's an alcoholic. Yeah, and she does everything horrible that you would. I mean, it's an after-school special, basically. Um, nah, I don't want to watch a sad alcoholic. Give me a happy. Oh alcoholic. no, this is this is this is really sad alcohol. Yeah, this is not the fun alcoholic. No, no, no. <laughs> no love. This fuck? isn't leaving Las Vegas, Nick Cage alcoholism. That's fun alcoholic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how fun that one is, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fuck is the one with? Oh, she was a multiplicity with. Uh... Oh, it's another Ramus job. I never saw that one. I may have to. I may have to say. Let's say that's on DVR. It's Keaton. It's good. Yeah, I. I don't think I ever saw it though. If I did, it was when it first came out. Yeah, that's when I saw it. It's weird because it's, you know, it's them doing, them using that kind of technology to have, you know, nine Michael Keatons on screen. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's on here. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw this one. Multiplicity. So she had like, a, she, her run was like the 90s. Yes, here, um, 1998, Just the Ticket, Andy Garcia, Andy McDowell. A ticket scalper wants to make one last big deal on the Pope's visit to finally do something worthwhile about his relationship. So there you go. <laughs> All right. That sounds that sounds just terrible. 
looks like she's back on the market, Andy McDowell. I saw she was divorced from her second husband. Oh, man, don't say that. Andy McDowell. Uh, 62 years old. Uh, from the pictures if, I saw, not bad though. If if you're interested, I'm a strong oh, sixty-two. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm into ageism. No, we'll not shame anybody because they're no. Like, that's yeah. Age, come on. I mean, you know, it's almost like you don't know who Blanche Devereaux is. That there's a lot of lessons to be learned. That's one of them. Right. Come on. No substitute for experience. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think she's in much, to be honest with you, that I would be interested in watching. She had a quick run. She had a quick run in the nineties. This this is probably her most famous famous movie. Oh, the, the, the player is a good movie, but she's not. She plays. That's like there's a lot of cameos in it, so she just plays herself. Oh. Um. Yeah. There's not much on her resume, but yeah, a strong working actor. There you go. She may have a couple hidden gems there in the, like the 80s, maybe something we haven't seen. Yeah, I'm sure a couple of them are okay. Yep. Like this, I don't know, this movie Sex, Lies, and Videotape, got it. She got nominated for a bunch of shit. I assume oh, this is uh, um, it's like a rom-com. That's what's-his-name did that. Spielberg. Uh, or no, Soderbergh. Yeah, that's like his first movie, right? Yeah. Peter Gallagher. James Spader. I don't know All what right. it's about, but I, I always, you know, I, I'm familiar with the title, just not I have no idea right. what it's about. It's all right in the title there. Oh, all right. So it's worth a quick watch. Sex, somebody lies, and somebody tapes it. A sexually a Rob Lowe story. A sexually repressed woman's husband is having an affair with her sister. The arrival of a visitor with a rather unusual fetish changes everything. I mean, so what a guy's I- having sex with his wife's sister. Yeah, and then somebody comes to visit and likes watching it on tape or something. I mean, that's really opportunistic. And, I mean, just luck of the draw. How does that all work out like that? But- Can't come up with a better name, though. I mean, it's, it is really all right in the title. <laughs> no, I had sex lies voodoo, but sells. <laughs> True. It's more of like a sounds more of like a lifetime, you though. Hmm. Yeah. Nah. Blue on the nose. I don't know if life would life. I guess lifetime would put sex in the title. Yeah. Sex like sex teacher or something like that. I was just gonna say sex. Yeah. <laughs> the sex worker. <laughs> yeah. Sex, sex with, after midnight. Sex with friends. Yeah. Sex with benefits. <laughs> I could say, you know, we're, we could say we're going to do a Lifetime movie too, but I don't think, I don't, I don't think I really want to. I'm not really into Lifetime movies. Me neither, but it would kind of be fun writing one. Yeah. The research wouldn't be fun because I feel like you'd have to watch a couple just to get an idea. Right, and that like like you gotta have like a lifetime movie. Like everything starts off good, right? Like the first ten, fifteen minutes, like the model, you know, American Family, right? Everything looks good. White picket fence, a dog, kids I think on even, bikes. I think even less than ten minutes. It's even less than ten minutes of goodness. And then the phone rings, and everything changes. 
Yeah, the, the, the movie I'm thinking of, the phone, the phone rings within five minutes. There's like a husband and a wife. The husband leaves to, he works at a hospital or something. And then like the phone, like everything is all hunky-dory. Phone rings, husband's a car accident, and that's it. Then the, oh. the daughter got to move and all kind of shit. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's exactly what happens. The phone fucking rings. Phone See? ring is never a good Never a good uh, sign in a lifetime. They do the close-up of the phone, too? I don't remember. <laughs> watching it like 1 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one I remember is uh, like a woman like dropped her kid off at school in the first five minutes, you know, dri- starts driving home. On her street, there's one of those trucks that has – like 18 wheelers with a bunch of those tubes and shit in the back. Yeah. And of course, like guy stops short, tube goes through the windshield. That's it for her. And that's how that What's the, that? Wow. I, I'm kind of underestimating, uh, maybe not underestimating is the right word, but I'm kind of, it's a little much for a lifetime. No, I'm you thinking gotta, like, you gotta have this the tragedy. I think you're thinking of Hallmark. Hallmark is maybe I'm thinking of Hallmark. Hallmark, Hallmark's like no lifetime. I'm thinking of like lifetime's more like there's a love interest, but it's like you know abusive husband or uh, you know the husband uh, lives a double life, like killing women or something. I'm not thinking like oh wait a second, you're you're saying that a woman getting into a car accident and dying is an accident though, right? But that spurs off whatever with the daughter and whoever. I mean, you were saying the husband being a serial killer is is more lifetime speed. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I don't. Yeah, I want my tragedy to be like man made. Okay. All right. I don't want. I don't want. You know. I, I, that's like sad. I mean, it's sad. I guess with the guy's killing someone too, but it's his own fault though. This guy. Yeah, this. This is just some trucker. Didn't secure his load enough. Gig, <laughs> giggity. <laughs> Remember the Tracy Gold Lifetime movie when she was anorexic? About Tracy Gold? Kind of. She was made to play that role basically because she was recovering from anorexia. Oh, she played her. Wait, did she play herself or she just did a movie about what she had? She did a movie about what she had. I don't think she played herself. He's like Magic Johnson doing an AIDS movie. It's crazy. I know. It's fucking method acting, is what that is. Uh, yeah, maybe she's just researching for the role. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember it though, no. I think we had to watch it in health class growing up. Oh, that's pretty good. You got some Tracy Golden class. That's pretty good. Yeah, but she was like anorexic. Like she didn't look. I just meant. For, I just meant she's a talented actress. So you get, you know, you get to see. Uh, no, I like Tracy Gold. Yeah. Uh, she's still alive or no? Yeah, I mean, how old do you think she is? I've, it's not about because I didn't think she died of old age. No, I think she she made a speedy recovery. Oh, good. Glad to hear. She's back to her playing weight. She's 51. Good, good. And uh, she obtained anything these days? Uh, she got arrested in 2004 for drunk driving. That's, oh, that's like a lifetime ago. Come on. Better than being anorexic. <laughs> uh, she was charged with a felony count of driving under the influence, causing injury. Oh, was this like an accident? She lost control of the vehicle. I don't think anyone got hurt. Uh, oh, uh, Gold's husband and two of her sons 
Oh, the Suns were in the car, ages five and five months, were not seriously injured in the late night crash. Man. The actress's oldest child, seven-year-old Sage, suffered a broken clavicle and head laceration. Oh, it's not funny. No. I don't know why. It's not funny. She ro- she rolled the <laughs> SUV. Oh man! Talk about a lifetime movie. I'm ready for the Tracy Gold sequel. This is gonna this is gonna be good. This is what we should write. She really Let's contact her people right now. She re- she really goes all in on the uh, on, on the research for these roles. Yeah, that's cre- That's oh man, it's rough. Where was she like late night with her kids and drinking? Who knows? I mean, it could be it could have been like a friend's house, I guess. But it's like odd that it's the middle. Uh, well, it doesn't say what time it was. Um. Wow. All right. Well, Tracy Gold has this is back in two thousand four. though. seventeen. Yeah, I'm sure she's. Yeah, the kids still talk to her. I was seven. They could have lied to him. <laughs> probably had to, probably had to sit down with him, you know, when he was, uh, you know, in high school. Be like, yeah, mom was actually drunk that night. That's why you can't, you know, raise your hand in class because that's <laughs> <laughs> why it hurts when you shampoo your head. Growing uh, pain. I'm trying to find this movie. Growing pain stars call out Kirk Cameron for maskless car- caroling. <laughs> <laughs> so, talk so about this, throwing stones, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, why can't I find? I was have to go because I want to find this movie and what it was called. The Willies. It's really the girl weird. Next door, maybe. It's a really weird thing to be linked to just the entire life, and then all Kirk Cameron does something thirty years after you knew the guy. You know, like you got to all right. Me and me and Jeremy Miller got to answer this fucking tool again. Yeah, because yeah, you were in a sitcom with him. Yeah. For the Love of Nancy, that's the name of the movie. That's the bulimic one? Oh, I think anorexic. I don't think. Oh, sorry. They pro- I don't know. Do you think they take offense to that? I- like if you were bulimic and you get called anorexic or vice versa. Being bulimic sounds way more fun. Wait, what's bulimic is where you throw it up? I don't think it is. Yeah. very fun. But bulimic is where you, what's the anorexia? If you don't throw up in your You just anorexia? don't eat at all. Oh. Bulimic, though, you ruin your breath and your teeth and your. Yeah. Yeah. It's Neither is good. Yeah. Anorexic, you probably feel a little bit better. At least you have better breath. Yeah. And bulimia, I don't know. The lasting effects of bulimia is probably worse. When you just binge eat shit and then just throw it up. Oof. What a fucking disease. Yeah, it's yeah. What's that just 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 women generally that just think they don't have the body. Oh, they, there they could don't be wanna, male bulimics. But I'm saying generally it's not a it's just women who wanna, you know, who feel like they're not up to whatever standards and shit and they just start putting their finger down their throat. Yeah. That's terrible. Do you think that uh, on a lighter note, do you think that Kirk Cameron is like a good brother-in-law to Pavel Bure. Isn't it Valerie Bure? Uh, I don't think she married the good Bure. Really? I think it's Valerie. Oh, I always assumed it was Pavel. Candace Cameron Bure is... Pavel probably married a 
Pavel probably married like a model or something, like a Swiss model. <laughs> nothing against nothing against DJ Tanner. Just sounds like something. Yeah, you're right. It is valuable, right? Shit. Past twenty five years is a lie. Yeah, Pavel's on his second wife. Alina Casanova. I mean, that sounds like a fucking Swiss model, whoever it is. Let's see. <laughs> Russia. Uh, I don't know. Nothing, nothing really on her. Let's get Pavel's Wikipedia page. Yeah, Pavel. Yeah, she, the, the, she's with the lesser beret. And, of course, Pavel is 15 years older than his wife. <laughs> Pavel, yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> he married, his first wife was an American fashion model. Naturally. Didn't and the second one, also a model. There you see Pavel Burry, models. It's, you know. <laughs> Valerie went, he went to Safra. He went to Girl Next Door, you know what I mean? Well, no, because the Girl Next Door would have been. Uh... Kimmy Gibbler? Yeah. No, you don't want to marry Kimmy Gibbler. No. All right. Well, this is a, that's a fun trip down 80s. <laughs> 80s yeah. sitcom uh, trivia, whatever the fuck. A little growing pains, a little full house. Rest in peace, uh, Alan Thicke. Yeah, the legend. The legend, Dr. Alan Dr. Jason Sieber. <laughs> Um, snow. Okay, so for tomorrow or today, by the time people are listening to this, snow won't yes. delay Groundhog Day. It will be virtual this year. Thank God for that. Um, I did. I did read that before this movie, before Groundhog Day came out, mm-hmm. that uh, like it was only maybe a handful, of, not a handful, but like maybe a thousand people would show up for it, and then after the movie, like ten, they set like a record with ten thousand people. I'm sure it was all blew up. Yeah, now it's, uh, yeah, locals, maybe a couple people kind of going, you know, touristy. You got problems if you travel any, you know, longer than like, let's say, 45 minutes to go see. That's probably a stretch. If you come from all over to see the groundhog, it's a little much. Is Punxsutawney even? I know it's an hour and a half outside of Pittsburgh because I Googled the, how far they had to go back to, uh, to get back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's all I know in terms of where it is. So it's probably, it's, it's deep into Pennsylvania. It's definitely yeah, it a good, is. like, good, like six hours from where we are. Yeah. You're closer to, you're closer to Cleveland than you are to New York and Philadelphia at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You're deep into, deep into PA. Yeah. I have no, no desire to go in that part of Pennsylvania. No. Uh, maybe Pittsburgh for a Pirates game, but that's really about it. Yeah, nice ballpark, I've heard. But that's uh, – yeah. Pittsburgh's just out of the way, man. I would love to go to a Pittsburgh game, but – I went to I I went to Pittsburgh game back in the day. I, I saw Pittsburgh – Three Rivers? Yeah, I went to Pittsburgh Giants, two games. In, uh, you drove down there? 19, yeah, 1990, I think. What's Pittsburgh like? Uh, we had friends down there, so we just kind of stayed at their house and then went to the games. I don't remember anything about Pittsburgh at all. All right. But, so I have heard it's a nice little quiet, uh, I guess it's a town, city, whatever you want to call it. 
I'm sure it's nice. Yeah. Everything's on the uh, water. Uh, I guess. I think they're right next to each other, aren't Heinz Field and? Yeah, they are. Yeah. And uh, was it PNC? Yeah, there's. I don't know. They, they, I know Philly. I know in Philly they're all next to each other, all the arena. I'm not sure. Oh, maybe thinking like that. I was thinking of that because they always show the the pictures. Like whenever whenever you're at the place we're thinking of, they always show the pictures. I feel like they're next to each other too. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I got PNC and Heinz Field as .6 miles apart. So yeah, there you go. About Welcome. right. That's I think a lot of places are like that. Now, like I, you know, I've been to Baltimore and Camden Yard is right next to where the Ravens play. So that's a nice little. Uh, it makes the town feel more uh, like homey. It's got, yeah, a, got, it's a, got like a, it's got a, a home feel to it, you know, whatever you want to call it. Have your pro sports complex. It's good. Yeah. Right, Philly's got it. Baltimore. Yeah. Like New York doesn't have that. You know, New York, New York's New York. You don't really need it. Boston doesn't really have it either. I mean, they're kind, they're all spread out all over the place. Yeah, Pitts, places like Pittsburgh, they need to kind of. Baltimore, they need to kind of, you know, get something going. New York's – Right, they need it to be a tourist attraction. Yeah, New York is fine. And if you, go, if you want to see Yankees, you go to the Bronx. You want to see the Mets, you go to Queens. You want to see the Knicks, you go – I don't know. Why, Midtown, why, yeah. don't, don't go see the Knicks. You want to go see the Bulls play the Knicks, you go to Midtown. You want to see the Nets, you go to Brooklyn, right? I mean, that's just – So, like, yeah, I guess the bigger the city – because, like, Chicago, they're spread apart. Those places are – Yeah, north side, south side, yeah. So the bigger the city, well, those those franchises also go back, not just the franchises, but those are to say that's the same sport. You couldn't have two baseball. Yeah, and uh, where is, is the United Center? Is that close to um, Soldier Field? I'm gonna guess no. United Center. Is they even called the United Center anymore. Uh, Probably think, right. I don't know. United Center to Soldier Field is ten minutes, six and a half miles, so fairly close. All right, but not you know taking a cab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. The, but yeah, because you know Chicago doesn't need the tourists, so they don't need to put everything together. Pittsburgh, you're going there for. I'm sure, you could spend a week. Or you could spend three or four days in Chicago that and not even see a sporting event. Oh yeah. You're in Pittsburgh on day two, you're like, what the fuck are you doing now? What's even, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh have like a cuisine they're known for? I would imagine they're known for like their uh gotta be some sort of like pub food. Like it's very casual. Blue collar city. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure it's something Italian. They got those kind of mid midwestern type Italians. I know it's not midwestern, but Pennsylvania is the west to me. So, yeah, I mean it's yeah, closer to midwest and northeast. Yeah, anything like west of I don't know Atlantic City is the west. Yeah, yeah, you're like Ohio, man. Like, come on, <sighs> yeah, forget it. And Chicago isn't the West to me. Chicago is uh, Chicago, and that's it. It's just Chicago. It's not the West or anything. I mean, it's different type of people, but basically, its own country, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, it stands alone for sure. I, I just I had to look it up. Um, 
what is uh what's a Roethlisberger? Because I was like, someplace down there has to have a Roethlisberger. <laughs> it looks like it's uh. Wait, wait, wait. Let me place. guess. Let me guess. I, I, go ahead. Think hard because I haven't really found it yet. A Roethlisberger is a beef patty with a. That's pe- a place called Peppy's, by the way. P e p p i. Okay, it's a beef patty. Yep. Uh, a thin sliced pork chop and jalapeno jalapeno queso with uh with crushed up ambient <laughs> i'm not even sure it's called the Roethlisberger. it's called the number seven i think okay uh, let me just make sure i have the right one that's the amount of. Oh, this, place is, this is exactly. This is the Pittsburgh place right here. It's exactly what I expect. They have like Italian subs. They have a lot of burgers, steak subs, stuff like that. Um, so like, I guess the number seven. It is a. Like Pittsburgh, before you say it, Pittsburgh picture like a pork sandwich with like the au jus type sauce, that kind of stuff. That's what I picture. Yeah. I don't. I know that's right. It's a, it's a, it's called, it's Pepe's Rookie of the Year. So they must have made it when he was a rookie, aka the Roethlisberger, a sausage and burger juggernaut topped with egg and American cheese. And I was right about that the sounds, double. I was right about the double meat. <laughs> yep, it does. That does sound good. I think I'd have to get that. I mean, this is a pretty good menu right here. Let me see if they got a pork. They got a pork. It's got to be some pork. A lot of steak sandwiches here. This is. Mm-hmm. Know you're in Pittsburgh when you stumble on stumble upon Peppies, the Pep is, is that place Primanti's? Is that is that Philly or is that Pittsburgh? Uh, Primanti's, I think, is Pittsburgh. I think I just stumbled oh. upon that. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I don't see any pork sandwiches, but whatever. Is Primanti's a pork sandwich? Is that their famous one? I heard it was kind of overrated. Oh, that's the name of the sandwich. No, that's the name of this place is Primanti's. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the sandwich is. I thought it was like a like Italian street meat pork, that kind of thing. Primanti Brothers. Uh, it says Lancaster, PA. It's maybe a chain. I have no idea. Primanti Brothers sounds like a chain. Restaurant and bar. Yeah, oh yeah. Locations. Here we go. How many locations we got? Oh, we got a zip code. Jesus. Dick. Oh, there's making, a million of them all over the place. They're making you go through the fucking ringer to look at a goddamn menu. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to Pepe's. <laughs> <laughs> let's, just, let's just take a look at the... Uh... Well, let me see. I am curious, actually, to see if there's one in Pittsburgh now. Promanti... We're not going back to Pittsburgh. It's a chain of, it's like a sandwich place. I don't know. There's. Yeah, nothing for me? Nothing. It's just ridiculous. Chain is known for, okay, well, this doesn't give you much. Known for its signature sandwiches of grilled meat, melted cheese, and oil and vinegar based coleslaw, which I do like that. Maybe that's what I'll what? do on Sunday. I said I haven't I haven't decided my menu for Sunday. 
Oh, yeah, I don't even know. It's not in the kitchen, so it might just be like pizza. Maybe wings on the grill. Yeah, why why does not why does Prantis not have on its website? This is too big for their own good. Yeah, this is one like places get too big for their bridges. Let's put the menu up there, man. Oh yeah, I might have I might have one. I'm sure I'm sure it's overrated that this is how hard it is to get a fucking menu. Yeah, fuck this place. I can't even how many times I gotta click on this goddamn menu? Hey, I'm not. I'm not impressed. Fuck Permanthe. I'm going to Pepe's. <laughs> Forever in Pittsburgh. I know. I'm getting a Roethlisberger too. That sounded pretty good. For breakfast. Oh yeah, right before the game. The pregame meal. Number seven. That's uh. You're going to take three shits and a half a shit afterwards. That's why. You're going to take three and a half shits after. That's why it's called the number seven. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure it's riveting listening to us trying to find this fucking menu, but this is really impossible to find a fucking Permanente's menu. And yeah. they do have pictures of it, like in the store, but they don't explain to you what anything is. So, like, I, it just says sweet sausage and cheese. What? I don't know. The hell with that place. Pastrami and cheese. Like, what's your signature fucking dish? Oh man, the Roethlisberger's on like a. It's like on a sub too. Oh, that's this thing's good. a monster. Okay, look. Good okay. For them. Oh, you know what? I don't even like the looks of this sandwich. To be to be uh, honest with you. Which one is that? The uh... if, if this is the sandwich, like. All right, um, real quick, let me find out where. Uh, this seems ridiculous. In 1762, when the Earl of Sandwich, while playing cards, asked that his meat be placed between two slices of bread so he need not have to step away from his card game. Oh, so you're saying he's inv- they're saying they invented the sandwich? I'm that's- calling bullshit without any facts at all. Yeah, that's bullshit. What year is this? 1762. Before America. Come on. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, okay. You didn't invent the sandwich. Okay, so... The almost famous sandwich is a classic sandwich. Two slices of Italian bread and sliced, not on like a sub roll type thing. So sliced pieces of Italian bread, grilled meat of choice, melted okay. provolone, vinegar-based coleslaw, sliced tomatoes, and French fries all on the sandwich. Yeah, I'm going with the Roethlisberger over that. Oh, that doesn't really sound that great. And, if, and the fact that it's got a – Too much going on. It's a lot going on, and I got to read about the fucking history of it, and it's in the third goddamn paragraph. It's just too much. It's too much. It's, you're, you're, not worth, you're not worth the trouble. Look, okay, just for <laughs> – I'm going to – Pepe's Signature Pie. Oh, oh just to see if something pops yeah, up right away. Nah, it's not any better. Uh, well, 
three down. It says our signature white clam pie. Okay, so that's something. The best white clam pizza. Uh, all right, it's a little bit better. It's not great. But that's what these places are. Yeah. Although, wait a second. The, okay, the second, there was, there was some headline from this past December about Pepe's unveils a new signature pie. And then the second one is from USA Today. We click on it. It's a picture of a well-done clam pie. So Pepe's Pizza. Uh, yeah. Reason to visit. Pepe's White Clam Pizza. Pepe's Original Tomato Pie. And Amante Della Carne. What's that? They had it. What's Amante Della Carne? Peppies? Yeah. That's a great question. You've never heard of it. While most meat-based toppings are heavily processed, especially if Peppies goes upscale. All right, so let's talk about how they're not like mass-produced or whatever. It's not, uh, you know, that the thing is the sausage and the pepperoni is exceptional. So the Mont the Monte della Carne is the meat lover's pizza, apparently, which I've never heard of. Features crushed tomatoes, mozzarella, meatball, sausage, pepperoni, and bacon. That's the new pie they unveiled? No, this thing, it's like, this is from, this article is from two years ago. That's a ripoff of the modern signature pie, I don't, which isn't good. I've never heard of Monte della Carne before. It's crazy. Yeah, I me neither. I've also I've been there in a while since before uh, COVID swept the nation. This was two years ago. This. Uh... Oh, I don't know how long it's been though. I, I, I'm dying to go back. It's just I haven't made it. Fair enough. All right. Well, I don't know. You got anything else for this evening, my friend? I think that's it. Uh, we'll be back later on the week with a jam-packed Super Bowl show. Yes, Our sir. Picks, prop bets, all that. Uh, until then, we will Menu, uh, menus, see you Super later Bowl. in the week. Super Bowl menus. Yes, thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you on Thursday. All right, peace. Oh, man. Sometimes we finish a show and I think, like, what, 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 what's the write-up going to be? I don't remember a fucking thing we talked about <laughs> or a goddamn thing. <laughs> I mean, Groundhog Day, Goff Stafford, yeah, Pittsburgh no. Cuisine, uh, Lifetime Movies, Tracy Gold. Oh, yeah, a lot of good stuff. 80s... Uh, about the berets. <laughs> I, the can't believe, berets. I can't believe I always thought she was married to Pavel. It's crazy. How much better was Pavel Burry? Beret. I mean, I forgot. Valerie. I forgot that Valerie existed until tonight. So let's see. Career goals for Pavel. I mean, Pavel's got to be like top 10 scoring, right? Like ever? No. He's up there. 254 goals. He had some big years. 
had a couple 60-goal seasons, 58, 59. He may have gotten derailed from injuries or something. Yeah, 264 is a lot less than I assume he had. Valerie Beret. Let's say 254. Uh, Valerie. He does even have a fucking hockey page. Oh, Pavel didn't even play. He only played for 12 years. Valerie had 46 goals. No, wait, 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 wait. 174. So not that much. Uh, wait a minute. Did I read? the? I got to go back to Pavel again. I'm on Pavel. He had 254. Oh, no. It was right. 437 goals. Uh, high, it was 254 with a team. Yeah, with Vancouver, yeah. All right. Now let's go all-time NHL goal leaders. I knew I read that wrong as soon as I read Valerie's. Yeah, he's not, he's not in the top 25. So Gretzky's one, 250. Yeah, 250. I mean, what was he for what? 457. Oh, okay. So he's just outside the top 25. He's, he's not, no, he's not. He's not even top 50. <laughs> he's not top 50? No. He is, uh, let's see. What was, what did we say the number was again? 453. Does Alex Ovechkin have a chance to catch Gretzky? Pavel Berry's got the 70th most goals in history. Pavel Berry's tied with Rick Nash for the 70th most goals. All right. There you go. Uh, I'm looking at Ovechkin right now. He's got 708. I assume that's through today. I don't know. 708. Gretzky, 894. So he is less than 100 from Gordie Howe. He's got Gordy Howe in his sights somewhat. How old is Ovechkin? He's got to be, what, mid-30s? Ovechkin's 30. 35. Hmm. How long does he want to play is the question. I can see that guy dying on the ice. What else is, what else is the guy? Yeah, he might go back to, like, Russia, though, and die there. True. Well, he, had five, and he had 48 last year. He's not really slowing down. He's going to get to 800 one way or another, unless he retires early. Yeah. He'll get to 800 in three years, maybe. Maybe four. Maybe he plays till 40, he's got a shot. Yeah. 894. 894 is so many fucking goals. Yeah, that's a lot of goals because you're going to slow down eventually. I mean, they're shooting for the top three, though. Huh? He's a shoe in for the top three. You would think, yeah. You yeah. would think unless he completely falls off. Right, yeah, it gets harder, whatever. But. Uh, let's see, points-wise. <laughs> I mean, nobody, it's, Gretzky's numbers are ridiculous. I mean, Wayne Gretzky, 2,800 points. And Yarmir Yager is second with 1,900. In what points? Yeah. What's Gretzky again? Twenty-eight fifty-seven. Oh, what was Yager? Nineteen twenty-one. Oh my God. 
Yeah, Gretzky. And, and Gretzky played 300 less games. <laughs> That's, crazy. That's ridiculous. Gretzky had 1,963 assists in his career. Yes, which is 700 more than Ron Francis. Yep. Wow. Well, there you go. And again, 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 300 less games than Ron Francis. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, those numbers. No. No. And Gordie Howe is the most goals, but he played the most games. Yeah, Gordie Howe played forever. He played until he was like 50. Yeah, he played played in four decades, I think. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah, in four decades. Only for two teams, though. Is Gretzky the biggest like gap between number one and number two? Any sport? Easily. What about wide receivers, NFL? Jerry Rice compared to, like, let's say, who's second? Moss? Uh, oh, some blonde chick got kicked out of a Hawks game today. So I'm quick on ESPN just now. That's out of what? She was sitting courtside. It looked like she was yelling. Oh, at LeBron? I saw something with LeBron. Oh, I'm sure she had a good reason. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? I think you could – Jay Rice is the best, but you could make an argument for a guy like Moss. Nah, go look at Jerry Rice's numbers. It's it's ridiculous. Oh, number, numbers wise, I guess. Yeah, numbers wise, he holds every record by yeah. a mile. It's ridiculous, and he played back when you could actually knock the shit out of receivers. Yeah. Um. In that case, yeah, I don't think they can't. Plus, you throw in the fact he's a Super Bowl MVP. Like he did everything. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think he's the best, but I think you'll have people can give you a better argument that he can that Gretzky wasn't the best. I would love to hear someone make the argument that Jerry Rice isn't the best wide receiver. You don't think he's – I'm just saying competition-wise. You don't think he's got more competition than Gretzky? Like who's second best? Is it, is Maybe – I don't know. If I'm Gordy just Howe, in my Gord- lifetime, I would say Lemieux. Gordy Howe and Lemieux. Like I love Lemieux, but – Lemieux was awesome, yeah. Man, I'm just looking at like the yards leaders for like Larry Fitzgerald is second, Owens is third, Randy Moss is fourth. Randy Moss is the only guy I can think of that is in the in the ballpark, maybe. In the zip code. Yeah, it's nuts. And he played in a different era. It's ridiculous. 22,000 yards. Reception, same thing. He's got more receptions than these guys. The best receiver I ever saw was Moss. But I also caught Rice like on the back half of his career. So start to finish, Moss is the best. Uh, yeah, Jerry Rice in, in the Raiders. I would put Moss number two all time. I'm, I'm 
put it on Randy Moss. Receiving touch, Jesus. Yeah, he was he was ridiculous. Nineteen years. So he played nineteen years. Moss played fourteen years. If he played five more years, oh. no, no <laughs> way, because he was no. shot. Yeah, that was what made him. I was, you know, part of his greatness is that he was productive. That's that obsession, because I mean, his workout, his off-season workouts were things of legend. Because his father was a bricklayer, that's where he got the work ethic from. Jeez. Yeah, and touchdowns too. It's not. It's not just rece- receiving touchdowns. It's touchdowns. Yeah. This guy had double-digit touchdowns in eight years. No, wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Yeah. He was. Uh, longevity is crazy. It is crazy that Frank Gore started before him and is still playing now after he's been retired for 16 years. It's still pretty crazy. <laughs> Frank Gore's been playing. Future Hall of Famer Frank Gore? I mean, not, he, I, I mean, they're probably going to put him in. I yeah, I, I, I love Frank Gore. He's like the, one of the, those just football guys that just makes you love football, right? He's just, he's just a reliable guy and he's had a great career but I mean he's not More reliable yeah he's not a Hall of Famer though but he but no but, I, but the NFL is pretty they let anybody in and I would yeah I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the NFL criteria is necessarily and you know what we're stooges and we'll cheer him on you know no problem they go yeah, I don't care I don't I really don't care about the NFL Hall of Fame no let everyone in I don't care <laughs> I know. It's not like baseball, I, I, I like having that debate, but football, I could care less. Football, they let you in based on how you are in a big game, I think. I feel like quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. Joe Namath's in based on Super Bowl three. We could have this conversation on Thursday. Troy, Troy Aikman's another guy. Part yeah. of the Dynasty Cowboys. Like Aikman's yep. numbers weren't anything special he's in because he was awesome in a big game. That's why he likes getting in. Yep. They let guys they let guys in based on how they played in the big game. I'm trying to think about like mediocre. Yeah, name it might be the worst one. Oh yeah, he's not but his numbers are iconic moment, what he did for the sport, the AFL. Yeah. He's in. Yeah, they celebrate their uh also, the he did get his in his career uh, derailed by injuries too. So it was like a what if, and, yeah. and and NFL is the one sport where you don't get held accountable for uh, like shortened career. Like Terrell Davis, shortened career. Go look at his four year stretch though. It was like ridiculous. Yeah. You got to put the guy in the Hall of Fame based on his four years. That was all I saw of the Super Bowl marathon this weekend. Was the back to back Denver. Oh, did you see – I watched it. Did you see the uh, Packer one where, like, he clearly had a concussion? They were just like, yeah, go back in for a few no, I wasn't – I had him on, but I wasn't, like, locked in. And then I saw the beginning of the the Rams-Titans one. I didn't – You remember that game he had a he had a migraine? No. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, he had a really bad migraine. He got dinged up a little bit, and 
Shanahan's like, he's like, you got to go back in for this play because we got to use you for a decoy. If you're not in there, no one's going to believe it. <laughs> and he, he went back out there, like, all fucking all fucked up. Jeez. And, and then they put him back out there to start, like, the second half, and he fumbled, like, the first play. Like, he was all fucked, but he ended up winning the MVP. He scored three times. He was awesome. He was the best player in the field, so. Oh, Terrell wow. Davis. We'll go, down, we'll go down memory lane Thursday. I'll, I'm, I watched a lot of highlights yesterday. Well, I'm glad that uh, they have these games on tape so Terrell can remember what he did. Oh, he, yeah, he definitely. If anyone needs the Super Bowl hats, it's Terrell Davis. <laughs> All right, man. Let me get this shout. I'll come back All right. Thursday for the big one. All right. Peace. All right.